Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but not everything. Not everything. Just about. Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, glad of you stopped by. I'm, I'm glad of that, too. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I'm you. glad of you. I appreciate your gladness. Uh, it's Wednesday. It is a partially white pill Wednesday. We got a couple good things and a couple okay things, I guess, to uh, to go through. I guess I do have to make an announcement. If you want the personal story, you'd have to be a member of the Fed Haters Club. But the announcement, generic announcement, is that this will be my last episode of the week because I need to go back up to Illinois because my grandma passed away this morning, and I'm going to go up there and uh, be with family. So there's that. If you want to hear more, then you need to get a time machine, go back in time, join the Fed Haters Club yesterday so you can hang out before the show today. So that, that's all you got to do. That's simple enough. But the website's the same. Both like if you go back in time, it's still joingml.com to join the Fed Haters Club. And even though it's uh, going into the past, the, the price is still the same if you're to do that. So uh, just the just the time machine part. That's really all I need. Which is, yeah, easy <laughs> nowadays. Just yeah, go do it. Pretty easy stuff. Uh, we've got, I think there's like five things like five at mm. least to talk about. And we normally get through about half, but today we're going to get through the ones that we get through for sure. I'm not going to say anything else till we start the show, except I want to offer my condolences. We already did that, but we just did. for the people that don't, that aren't part of the club and aren't in the studio with us. Yeah. I publicly want to say that I, I am sorry. And it appreciate does, that it does suck, especially for my mom and her, and her siblings, mm -hmm. you know, and all the family, for sure. So let's get on past that, okay? That's enough. Enough death. Enough of death. We're going to talk. Well, first, I guess we'll mention this January 6th thing. We talked about the Tucker Carlson thing. And uh, man. But you could go back in time. What's the time machine? time machine and listen to yesterday's episode live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, it's way different from the recording that's on the podcast app. Mm -hmm. Don't want to do yeah. that. Way okay. different. Uh, so, all right, we got see. Number one thing was time machine. Number two is the Tucker Carlson thing. Well, Mitch McConnell just said something ridiculous yesterday, and since there won't be a dumb bleep this week, uh, I did want to play it. Uh, it. Very upset. A lot of people are upset, and Republicans say establishment Republicans, and then the Democrats very mad that uh, footage from January sixth is being released because you don't want you don't want that. Rhinos. You want these specifically curated footage that we've seen over and over again. Was, Charlie, was January 6th, was there violence on January 6th? I would say there was some. Yeah. yeah. Was there, was there peaceful protesting on January 6th? Yeah. Okay. I would say that also existed. Okay. That people assaulted people on January 6th, correct? Yeah, I would say that happened. And there were people that didn't assault people on January 6th. I would also say that that's true. Okay. Now, does what we just said qualify as lying? Uh, I feel like all those things were true just then. I feel like I'm on a, like a, like I'm on the stand. Yeah. I didn't swear the oath before you asked me all those questions. 
Well, let's say you can get a little closer to the mic. I mean, I know I, I was complaining about it earlier, but. Never good enough. Just, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, um, here's what Mitch had to say about Tucker Carlson's uh, special. Just 15 seconds, Mitch, go. You've only got 15 seconds. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at Capitol thinks. It was Okay, I know that that's a real short statement, but it's a ridiculous one. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> it's for Fox News to depict this essentially said to mm -hmm. depict this in a way that was that goes against what the chief it said is at variance from what our chief uh, law enforcement from what the Capitol Police report said. Just to clarify, it is an embarrassment. It is wrong for a news organization to show video footage to depict an event in a way that contradicts the official government report on said event. Said a government official. Yes. There's your idea right there. <laughs> Y'all want to live by that yeah. all the time? Mm. Okay, I don't think so. Sounds like something China would say. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's And from Mitch McConnell, of all people, I thought we were cool, Mitch. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. This is why, see, and this is why sometimes we make conservatives mad, but it's like, God, these are, they're the same side of a different coin. They are. I believe, actually. Is that how the um, saying goes? I believe Elon Musk commented and said, I forget which party. Sometimes I forget which party he's in. And I think Charlie Kirk responded and said, Uniparty. And so it's just one part. There's just an illusion of differences between a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. They just are, they have differences on the way that they think they should be able to take ownership of your money and give it to their friends. That's, That's the basic difference. But they both agree on taking your money. They both agree that they own the fruits of your labor first. And they, then, can, they can control your life. Mm -hmm. That you do not own yourself. Mm -hmm. They Almost all of them agree on that fact, that you don't own yourself. This is a white pill. I told you it's, okay, this is written as a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. All right? Uh, but... When I went to read through it, I was like, wait, all these things are good. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, well, this is actually a white bill because this is written to like, disparage Republicans. And I guess, uh, you know, give some credit where credit's due. Some of these uh, Republican state legislatures uh, have done some good things. So let me give you all a good report on the state of some of these um possible pandemic restrictions That's public meant to health scare authorities. You. <laughs> I'm literally just going to read it but hopefully with a better inflection, better tone of voice. I want to let you guys know that when the next pandemic sweeps the United States, health officials in Ohio will not be able to shutter businesses or schools even if they become epicenters of outbreaks. There That's you go. It's a win for liberty. It's like we're giving a speech to the, to the RNC right now. Good thing for the people nor, of Ohio. Nor will they be empowered to force Ohioans who have been exposed to go into quarantine. That's good. Mm. State officials in North Dakota are barred from directing people to wear masks to slow the spread. Not even the president 
can force federal agencies to issue vaccine or testing mandates to thwart its march. That's the next pandemic. I can't stop clapping. Oh, we did a this good job, good stuff. right? We did good. You done good. Conservative and libertarian forces have defanged much of the nation's public health system through legislation and litigation as the world staggers into the fourth year of COVID. Oh, so it does still exist. I guess it's still a thing <laughs> right now. That's good. Good job. Mm -hmm. At least 30 states, nearly all led by Republican legislatures, have passed laws since 2020 that limit public health authority. According to a WAPO analysis of laws collected by the Kaiser Health News and Associated Press, as well as all these other people that don't matter, health officials and governors in more than half the country are now restricted from issuing mask mandates, school closures, and other protective measures or must protective measures or must seek permission from their state legislatures before renewing emergency orders. Amazing. Now, that's all written to not sound like how I'm reading it right this now. Is like this, this is what gives me hope, where it's like, okay, we can actually protect liberty. Yeah. And it's happening. In some ways. On a smaller scale, mm -hmm. you know, but in these different states, I know Tennessee has passed some laws, for sure, in the state that we live in, and these other conservative, let's say conservative states, is actually the people have forced their representatives that are closest to them mm -hmm. to say, hey... This was a violation of our rights. You're supposed to protect my rights. How about you do something about it? And then they they are. They're doing it. That's good. And one of the, you know, supposedly bad things, this is a this is like a fear-mongering piece from the Washington Post about how terrible things are going to be if we have another pandemic. But one of the bad things is that uh, people have to get permission from state legislatures. The bureaucracy has to get permission from the elected officials uh, before they renew emergency orders. So they could still have the emergency orders, but if they want to renew the emergency orders, they got to go to the state legislature and make sure that they can. And this is a bad thing, Well, I guess. It's set to expire, which I yeah. think is the, <clears throat> that's what our founders did with like the right, uh, or the declaring war, mm -hmm. in that you can only collect money for the war for two years, and it has to be, has to be renewed. Yeah, you have to you have to declare war basically every two years. Now, of course, we've thwarted that whole process, but it's a similar thing because the founders weren't dumb. They weren't like, okay, if there's a super duper emergency, we may have to do something. Mm -hmm. They did take that into consideration. But they made it two years for a reason, and that's because the people's representatives were elected every two years. So if you didn't like what was happening, you could elect a bunch of different people yeah. to vote in the way that should then how it should go, and they wouldn't be able to continue to take your liberties away. And that's exactly what Thomas Jefferson and our founders talked about when they talked about perpetual war. And now you can consider this a war. It's the same thing. But something to the essence of there's no greater tyranny than perpetual warfare because it's the only time where the government limits your liberties in the name of safety. And they get to take your money in the process. That's pretty cool for them. Not for everyone else. Grassroots-backed candidates ran for county commissions and local health boards on the platform of dismantling health department's authority. Republican legislatures, legislators and attorneys general, religious liberty groups, and legal arms of libertarian think tanks, I guess they're just talking about Cato, something like that, 
uh, filed lawsuits and wrote new laws modeled after legislation promoted by groups such as the American Legislative Exchange Council, a conservative corporate-backed influence in, in state houses across the country. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so. It's corporate-backed. Horrible. <laughs> the Alabama, Never mind that the Democrats are doing the same yeah, thing I mean, at the national level. There's nothing mainly. corporate-backed. I guess union-backed is fine. You know? <laughs> no bad people in a union, right. as my granddaddy used to say. The Alabama legislature barred businesses from requiring proof of COVID vaccination. Eh, you know, talk about that. In Tennessee, officials cannot close churches during a state of emergency. Hmm. Florida made it illegal for schools to require coronavirus vaccinations. Amen. And a woman. The result, public health, public health experts warn, is a battered patchwork system that makes it harder for leaders to protect the country from infectious diseases that do not care about red and blue state borders. And apparently they also don't care about any of the pandemic restrictions because they didn't do anything when they were using all the restrictions in the first place. As you said, it doesn't matter yeah. whether or not they worked. <laughs> it's like no evidence that they worked. Right. At <laughs> so, all. Um, they say that uh, later on, they say, well, these they did work. And the only thing they point to is that the uh, vaccine stopped people, you know, lowered the hospitalization and death rate. But um, do we have, I mean, the required vaccination for workers that got knocked down? I guess you got the health workers. That one stayed in place, correct? Uh, federal contractors at one point Not was in all. place. I don't know how, which ones. I thought if they were connected to Medicare and Medicaid. They had to get it, which is almost everyone. But I'm not sure. Not sure. Um, let's see. Quote. This is a little bit of, I guess we're going to be fearful for a second. Quote. One day we're going to have a really bad global crisis, unlike this one, and a pandemic far worse than COVID, and we'll look to the government to protect us. Problem number one. <laughs> There's one. We'll look to the government to protect us. Why? But it'll have its hands behind its back in a blindfold on. Now, we talked about this a bunch of times. Now imagine something, a really bad global crisis and a pandemic that's far worse than COVID. So say the death rate is really high. Um, do you think it would re you would require the government to tell you to decrease your travel or to get a vaccination or to no. try and do some kind of... No, you wouldn't. And actually, you didn't have to tell anyone to follow the two weeks to slow the spread. No. Almost everybody, including us. Yeah. We separated even. We're like, hey, we don't know what's going on. My wife is an ER nurse. She works at the hospital. This this could be bad. <clears throat> we have no idea. Yeah. Let's separate. See what's going on. Because if it was like a 50% death rate, you probably, we want the show to continue on. Honestly. So one of us should survive for Good Morning Liberty if it's 50%. They were you talking know? like 5% death rate, mortality rate at the beginning of COVID. You know, that's enough to get people to voluntarily not go anywhere. Not go anywhere. <laughs> it is. 5% would be enough for me. Yeah. It would. That's a significant amount. Okay. And my, my, the way my luck works out, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's basically a 100% number yeah. for me. You were pretty close to dying okay. there with COVID for it a while. Yeah. It got rough. It got rough. It'll have its hand behind its back and its blindfold on, said Lawrence Gostin, director of Georgetown University's, oh, no one cares, quote, <laughs> We'll die with our rights on. We want liberty, but we don't want protection. Hell yeah. 
Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Put that on a bumper <laughs> sticker t-shirt. Yes. Oh, you know what he just said? Give me liberty or give me death. That's what he just quoted. Literally. Right then. Literally. But that's not the case. If there is an actual, actual, there was a danger, still is a danger for certain groups of people and some random cases. You're saying okay. an actual significant risk. A significant risk. 5%? Hell, 1% and I'll think about it. <laughs> okay? You're talking point one right now. And then when you stratify that by age and health and all that, it's it's less than that. Okay? If there's a significant risk, we're not just going to go out there, give me liberty or give me death and do all that like we did this time. No, this time it was clearly not the disease that everyone was saying it was to no, lock everyone a, down. If it's a fungus risk, I'm out. Oh, yeah. Screw that. Yeah. No. Because I, yeah. Although, you know, if there is a fungus that mutates, and that first off, Last of Us was created by climate change. We know that because <laughs> the fungus had to adapt to the higher temperatures. Remnants, right. And, but you would assume it would adapt to just enough a high enough temperature to survive in humans. It's not like it, you know, they said 94 degrees for it. And this means it adapted to what? 98.7, 99, 99.5. I don't think it adapted to 105 to 110. What I'm saying is if you got a big fungus going around, that's, uh, uh, you know, causing people to kill each other, you just give everyone COVID. And then they spike a fever and they kill the fungus because it can't survive at 102, 103. I just, do you know how many lives I just saved right then? You just give Ridiculous. COVID. Get an infection. <laughs> okay. That's what you need to do. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just, sorry to ruin the TV show for everyone. Well, it's, <laughs> it's advertised as even in the trailer that that's yeah. what it is. That's not based on real events no. or anything. I'm just saying, you know. That's, I, I don't want to, if it's fungal, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I don't even, I'm I will, not even sure about mushrooms anymore. I will go to my bunker mm -hmm. and I, I'll, I will tell you that the night I started to watch that show, I ordered a pizza and I, on that pizza, which is strange for me, I don't typically do this. I got Alfredo sauce with bacon and mushrooms. Mm. I didn't know. Dangerous how the show would play out. And after the first episode, I took a bite and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Did you get the cordyceps mushrooms or were they, uh... <laughs> the lawsuits found a conservative Supreme court and federal judiciary transformed by Trump and ready to strip the federal government's public health powers to issue mandates or other disease control measures. Stop trying to talk me into voting for Trump. <laughs> Come on. A single federal judge in Florida was able to defeat the CDC's travel mask mandate. Republican attorneys general knocked out a federal vaccine or test mandate issued by OSHA. Mm. Did you see that, uh, that Novak, what's his name, tennis player, what's his name? Oh, Djokovic? Yeah, that guy. Still yeah. can't come into the U.S. to play the U.S. Open because he's not vaccinated. Well, the Miami Open. Still the couldn't. Miami Open, yeah, sorry. Still couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. It's, Even though he's had COVID like three times. It's 2023. We're still doing this. Mm. It's March 2023. He's this had, is three he's years had later. COVID at least twice, I think three times, which means his natural immunity is probably through the roof. Yeah. Oh, sorry. His post-infection immunity. Post-infection. Yeah. yeah. There is immunity. no such thing as natural immunity, and we know that, YouTube. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, the consequences were already playing out in Columbus, where a child with measles was able to wander around a mall before showing symptoms in November, potentially spreading the highly contagious disease. The state legislature had stripped the city health commissioner's ability to order someone suspected of having an infectious disease to quarantine. Oh, no. Don't you have to be proven guilty <laughs> before that? Yeah. You lose your rights when you're just suspect? The other thing is... You no cash bail? They didn't describe it here, but this child was going around coughing on everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone, especially old yeah. people. Peeing on people. <laughs> yes. And just, it was crazy. Just out there spreading. The child knew it had measles and decided it was going to go spread that to as many people as possible because the child's an asshole. They never even say, by the way, I did cut out some of this. They never say whether or not, like, the kid, they thought the kid had measles beforehand, whether or not it was suspected or whether or not she was on the CDC's most wanted list for measles <laughs> or anything like that. The measles watch list that's going around. You see the people's yeah. pictures and stuff. And then it didn't even say whether or not anybody contracted measles mm -mm. that was at the mall. No. Like, like nothing. There's just, just a story of a kid who might have had the measles. Potentially <laughs> spreading the highly. I bet on her outline, her or his outline, whoever wrote this. There. Uh, Lauren and Joel. So, I guess, yeah. There. I guess on their outline they had... Oh, we need an example of how this is already. Mm -hmm. you know, then, so they searched the archives and they found a story about a child <laughs> roaming, roving bands of diesel-infected yes. children. Someone who turned out to be <laughs> sick had, in fact, gone somewhere in public before they had shown any symptoms of being sick. This is what we're up against. <laughs> But I am happy to tell you the next time a pandemic hits, many public health officials will be forced to go to state legislatures and to Congress to ask for explicit authorization to act. Amazing. Now, that is how you take an article that is a BS and use it for White Pill Wednesday. It's amazing. It's good stuff. Good job, Liberty people. See? Yeah. We can win. We can win. You're can saying there's a chance. Can we? <laughs> I mean, all right. Next up from Freethink. This is just a random .com. good thing. Apple has a secret project to help people with diabetes. I guess it's no longer secret because we're talking about it right here. Yeah. Should I whisper this? I guess so. <laughs> Since it's a secret, guys. Well, no. Just hey. listen. Don't tell anyone about this. Don't. Yeah. Okay? Just don't we're tell. We're just anyone. telling you. Okay. Apple is developing technology to build non-invasive blood glucose monitoring right into its smartwatches, according to a report from Bloomberg. Freeing people with diabetes, check your blood sugar, check it often, from painful needle pricks to test their blood sugar levels and potentially helping people with prediabetes avoid developing the disease. An estimated one in 10 Americans has diabetes. Over time, chronically high blood sugar will damage the kidneys, heart, nerves, and eyes, leading to kidney and heart disease, as well as vision loss and even limb amputation. Ask me how I know. That's my dad. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. That's happened. Uh, sugar is very corrosive, by the mm. way. That's how it, that's what it, that's what happens. You have too much sugar in the blood and all its crystals are roaming around, cutting it up. Mm. People with diabetes can use diet and exercise to help keep their blood sugar in check, but it's often necessary to regularly inject additional insulin to help glucose or to keep glucose at a safe level. For people with type 1 diabetes, in which the body doesn't make insulin at all, daily insulin injections are imperative to survive. This, think, and this is real. Think about the implications 
of this uh, that uh, you could just be wearing your Apple Watch, constantly monitoring your blood sugar, uh, and be able to know first off whether or not you're in pre-diabetes. It's just sending cancerous waves through yeah, that's what it your, is. your wrist. I mean, you get wrist cancer, but you can switch it over to the <laughs> other wrist once that one gets cut off, I bet. It probably works on both wrists, I'm thinking. Eventually, they'll give you an ankle monitor, you know? My, my dad now has that injectable mm. 24-7, whatever. Yeah. But that's, the thing is, it's still like a... It's still a needle in there. Yeah, it's still injected. But you can monitor it all the time, and he gets alerts and stuff now, which is cool. It's come a long way. Isn't that cool? To help people. It, it is really cool. It could. I think it has bigger implications than people realize. That's why I thought it was important enough to put in here. And then I also had this... Uh, I might actually... I might get an Apple Watch. Yeah. Because diabetes runs in my family. Yeah. Check it. Check it all the time. I, I think that's great. One time I worked for a diabetes company that sold glucose monitors. Okay. <laughs> is that all it sold? It sold other stuff. Stuff that old people, I mean, it sold stuff. I was on customer service, though. I didn't, I wasn't a salesperson. Yeah. So. Did you know somebody who was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, sold the most pumps, actually, out of her department. Yeah. So. Well, diabetes also leads to. Other blood flow problems. ED. Yeah, general stuff like that. Hopefully you don't get to that part of the amputation. <laughs> so, but it's 2023. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. So, uh, one time, this this company marketed their product as if you weren't going to have to prick yourself with a needle anymore, okay? I saw the commercials, and it sounded like you weren't going to have to prick yourself anymore. What they said was you weren't going to have to prick your fingers anymore to get blood. And that was the point. What they never said was, well, you got to prick, like, your forearm or your thigh or something like that. And I would have people, I will never forget, I had an old lady call, crying, trying to figure out how this thing was going to check her blood sugar. And I was like, well, you got to prick your forearm or, your, or something else. And she was like crying because she's like, I, didn't, I thought I wasn't going to have to stick myself with a needle anymore. And then her son got on there and yelled at me for our company having deceptive marketing practices, stuff like that. And then said, you're right. They I'm wanted sorry. to cancel and all that. And I, you know what I did? I talked him in the stain and I signed him up, got him another month's uh, supply too afterwards. And they were calling the cancel and chew everyone out. I talked him in the staying with our fine company. Did my job. And then I quit two hours later because I felt so gross about it. Mm. So you should have told him he was right and then quit. Yeah, I should have. I didn't. But I pointed my boss because they record all the phone calls. And I was like, you can listen to this call. Like, I just, they just called crying and I talked them in. Not only that, I sold them more stuff while they were on the phone and I quit. <laughs> I felt gross about it. Like, we really like your talent. <laughs> so, for, how can we make you stay? <laughs> for a lot of people, what I'm saying is, this is really cool yeah. and uh, could stop people from getting to really bad, severe damage down, down the road. So, mm -hmm. anyhow, that's a white pill if you ask me. Did you ask me? Is that a white pill? It is. Good. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I learned, me, that I wasn't you? very good at setting boundaries. Healthy boundaries can be tricky to learn, but through this experience, 
I was able to gain a healthier version of me. One thing I learned is self-awareness and learning how to understand situations from different points of view. Yeah. Something very important, by the way, for our show. It there is. We go. It's extremely important. Sometimes we don't know what we want, like what I want, or why we react. Why did I get mad about that? Why did I care about that so much? Until we actually talk through things. And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And you've used it before, right? I do. I currently you use, use it right now. BetterHelp right now. When's the I last have, time you talked to your BetterHelp therapist? I have one scheduled tomorrow. Okay. All right. How's it been so far? Amazing. Yeah? Yes. Easy? It's easy. It's convenient. It's the best way to do therapy. Now, you've been stuck with the same person the whole time? No, I've changed. That's pretty cool. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. You never had to meet with a person, like in person, right? All online. Okay. That's my kind of thing right there. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just, did you do the brief question there? I did. You filled that out? You got matched with a therapist? I did. And then you switched to a different one later on? With no additional charge. How about that? So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. I want to talk about this equity thing. On to a completely different topic. This uh, Bernie Sanders on Bill Maher. I wanted to talk about equity versus equality of opportunity. Now, a lot of people on more the right side or whatever free market individual side will say that what we want is equality of opportunity. We don't want equity. We don't want equal outcomes. We want equality of opportunity. I don't think you can push for either, either of those things, honestly. Uh, but I, I want to get to this clip. Not you, Mitch. Get out of here, man. I want to talk to Bernie for a second. It's the first time I'll ever say that. Probably last time too. Let's see what Bernie had to say with Bill Maher. To have whatever color your skin is. Equity. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years. And before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. That it's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about, uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society, we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, think... I think so. I think that's Okay. Fine. So which do you come which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Boys, any comment on that one? I just don't know if that's the if that's, if that's the definition. Okay. Huh. Yeah, so um Bernie came down on the side of equality of opportunity. Not of not of equity. Which is weird, because that's not what he says on his Twitter. No. That's <laughs> that so I got <laughs> I, I'll be open to picking this fight with, in, with anyone. You and I will just end up agreeing on it, so we won't be able to do that. But listen, equality of opportunity and equity are the same thing. All right? They, they are. They have to be the same thing. Because to have equality of opportunity, you have to have equity. If people are not in the exact same place, then they do not have the same opportunity. I disagree. There you go. We could have a debate on that. I do disagree with that. This is the basic idea right here. 
If we have equality of opportunity, we will have guaranteed equality of outcome. That's what this counterpoint politics is saying. Uh, For example, if black people and white people were born truly equal opportunity, then each group would control the same amount of wealth in proportion to their share of the population. Their argument is that if people start off in the same place, that they will end up in the same place. They won't. totally wrong. We'll agree on that. Uh, But how do you have, Charlie, tell me how you have equality of opportunity. By, well, by the, the powers that be not controlling whether or not you can. So you're talking equal protection under the law, I believe, is what you would probably say. Essentially. But, yeah. But the opportunity to make something out of yourself. Yeah. Like, but um, are you saying that, uh, are you saying that equality of opportunity, that, um, you know, your kid would have the, and my kid would have the same opportunity? Like, how would they? Because they still have the opportunity. What opportunity? Your, I mean, your kid can go to the nicest school in Tennessee. You know, that's going to set uh, set them up for, you know, way better opportunities. And my kid's going to go uh, to Antioch. You know, I don't have a kid, so this is all purely hypothetical but right you now. you have an opportunity to move into the same district that I do. No, I don't. Why not? Because I don't have as much money as you do. You have the opportunity to make <laughs> as much money as I do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No. Why not? Because my parents didn't have equity. Okay. <laughs> I'm but, telling you, it still leads to having to even the playing field for people. No, it doesn't. It's well, not the I'm same telling thing. you that that is the argument. That's Equality of opportunity still says for people that still on the left argue equality of opportunity means well, that you have to get people to the same starting point. By doing that, you have to equitize. That's because the situation. they're infusing equity into the definition of equality of opportunity. But they're saying it's you can't the truly thing. have equality of opportunity. Now, I agree you can have equality of opportunity like we can all uh, try and make the best of our lives that we possibly can. But the argument will be, well, because this person uh, grew up in a poor slum ghetto and this person grew up in Franklin, Tennessee, well, those kids don't have the same equality of opportunity. Yeah, and the kid who grew up in Franklin, Tennessee could end up being a drug addict. Oh, yeah, And the one who grew up in the ghetto could end up being Thomas Sowell. Hey, like, I'm on your side, okay? It, but you're not. <laughs> Sorry, I just pulled it. I just thought I'd finish out a Milton Friedman quote. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what was uh, kind of funny about this? Did we ever, okay, every time we talk about jank, <laughs> you know, just call him jank, you, Uyghur, <laughs> who knows what his name is? He says, I don't even know if equity is a real thing that anyone outside of 12 leftists and the entire right wing believe is real. What he's saying is the right wing has created the idea that the left wants equity. They're, he's gaslighting you yes. right now. Says no one's pushing for equity. What are you talking about? Literal White House documents talk about pushing for equity uh, and equitable outcomes for people. Not equitable treatment, not equitable opportunities, equitable outcomes for people which is something you can only get by taking from people who did better and giving it to others. I mean, the White House must be one of the 12 leftists. I guess so. Like the disciples. Uh, so I pulled up this <laughs> video from 2020. Uh, this uh, was a video that Kamala Harris posted, uh, still on her page. So I there's a big difference between equality and equity. 
quality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we could get the same amount, but you're still gonna be that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. Is this on the Calm app, you think? <laughs> one of those things? I don't know. Uh, you know, I can get behind this. Yeah? As soon as LeBron James <laughs> yeah. is less athletic, shorter, not as good at basketball, so that I can play at the NBA level. See, we've talked about this before. Um, what they are talking about on the left are what they consider to be policy choices and economic choices the way that you're you're born and your physical abilities those are things that uh the legislature didn't vote on that's just the way that people came out you're talking you know i saw they a stat the other day the economic differences as a policy choice i saw the stat the other day 87 percent of billionaires in the united states i'm sorry in the world are all self-made robert rice said none of them are self-made are all self-made yeah they didn't come from any generational wealth whatsoever. You're saying that they built that? Yeah. I thought they didn't build that. That's what the stats say. Mm. Yeah, that was probably created by some corporate-backed research team Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that pulled that data. The other thing is, is that there is no... The problem actually is, is that true equality doesn't exist like equity doesn't exist and will never exist no because the problem is you have height differences and weight differences and gene differences and like are we going to just make everyone exactly the same you're still talking about physical characteristics that you're born with we're talking about whether or not but that can lead to other opportunities that can't be equal yeah i know but then all you got to do is make the right policy choice to even that out that's all you got to do. But how? The big, well, you can't. That's the, yeah. The, because the problem is uh, what Kamala just said there is basically what this other person uh, was also saying that they believe that uh, once you start everyone off in the same place, uh, that they're going to end at the same place. And that is not the case. There's going to be. Well, different- actually, th- there is a way that you can do this. How's that? That's what. Margaret Thatcher said. Yeah. You'd rather the poor be poor as long as the rich were less rich. The only way you can do this is if you tear other people down from being able to achieve. For instance, it's like the school's taking away gifted programs. Well, you know, because you want it to be equitable in Baltimore. How is it fair that your gifted student is getting extra work and doing gifted work while my student is just regular? In Baltimore, 23 schools achieved equity in math. They, they've finally got there. No one met the standards. Okay? Exactly. As the most equitable outcome that you could ask for. You know? There's not any, no top 1% in there. Mm. They're all worthless when it comes to math. <laughs> okay? So that is what you end up getting with uh, with equity. 
this person thinks it's that everyone's going to end up in the same. Do it. But that's not how it works. Like you say, we even people out. So someone starts off with less money as if we all just were handed money to start off with when we when we go. Right. And you go build your life afterwards or something like that. Um, if you don't end up in the same place, well, then what about your kids? Like now they're not starting off with the other people. So then you got to even them out, too. And you're saying equality of opportunity. They use equality of opportunity to say, no, we just want people to start off with the same opportunities. To start off with the same opportunities, you've got to have the same access to every single thing that everyone else does, including money and housing and medicine and cars and phones and all that kind of stuff. And then later on, when people aren't equal, when it gets to those kids, well, then you got to do that again and get them equal again. It turns into equity. It turns into equality of outcome by trying to do equality of opportunity. Yeah. Because the, the next generation is not going to have equality of opportunity. The only equity we all have are what is considered natural rights. Yeah. Right? You have the you have the right to a, like no one can take your life from you. That's you you have a right to life. The other equity you have we all have equal opportunity to be alive. We're all going to die. That's equitable. Mm. All of us are going to die. So far. As far as we know. Okay. And if not, that's cool too. I guess we'll overpopulate really quickly. Oh, that's you why know? we have That's why we're developing Mars. Then again, if you can't die, is overpopulation the problem? I mean, you can't die. That's, you know? So what are you afraid of? <laughs> Who cares? Okay. We're, uh, we're getting off the rails here. Uh, so that's the one about equity. And I uh, will be paying attention to Bernie Sanders to make sure he's only pushing for equality of opportunity and not mm -hmm. equity. But it seems like every time he complains about the uh, inequality, he is uh, complaining about equity and not about equality of opportunity. So we'll uh, He's we'll mincing see. his words. He's, we got an issue. Nina! I was going to say, get to Nina. We got Let's to go. Nina. Okay. Here's a video of Nina. Now, this is a couple... You remember that train derailment thing that happened? What? A thing in Ohio. Oh, that, um, the place where we can't trust the experts. That's right. Okay, yes. You cannot trust the experts over there. Well, she's been kind of good on one specific thing in regards to the train derailment. And that is, uh, she noticed a lot of people, because this is a heavily Trump voting area, and Biden said he wasn't going to go visit and all that. Uh, she noticed a lot of people saying, well, they got what they voted for. This is their this is their fault, you know. And she's been saying, no, they still deserve to have clean air and clean water, even if they voted for someone that you don't like. Okay, so I just I wanted to point out the fact that she was saying that, and then a uh, kind of then we'll make fun of her ridiculous reaction uh, to to people's reaction to her. And then just one more point. Yeah. For the neoliberals who say that the residents of that area deserve what they, they are getting because they voted for President Donald J. Trump, it is abhorrent. Mm. This is about poverty. This is about poor working class white people who are enduring some of the same things that poor working class black people endure, whether it's Flint, Cleveland, or Jackson, Mississippi. And so I want to lay it out. The, the cultist behavior in politics right now, it is a sin and a shame that when people are suffering to this magnitude, you got people who will fix their mouths, to quote my grandmother, to say that they are getting what they deserve. What they deserve is clean air, clean food, clean water. They deserve relief, both in the short term and also in the long term. Okay. 
mostly agree with her on that. I all, I just wanted to point out the fact that she does get principled on something sometimes. And she is like a principled uh, class warfare socialist artist, at least. Like, Give credit where credit's yes. due. She truly believes that no one is responsible for their own decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Trump voters. Not even Trump voters. Yeah. Now, um, oh, we've talked plenty about the derailment thing. Here's one thing I wanted to point out. She says, uh, I do not care to people in East Palestine that welcome President Trump with open arms. They deserve clean air, clean food, clean water, all that stuff. Humanity first. That's great. I do. Now, she says this on February 24th. She says, Trump voters don't deserve to have their towns poisoned, period. And inside of that, a bunch of her followers are saying, well, yeah, they do. These are crazy MAGA cultists voting for... and." She is like shocked that her followers think this. Are playing identity politics. She says the replies to this are astounding. And so the point that I had about this was what do you expect? Like when you spend all your time othering people and calling people fascist and white supremacists and talking about how they're killing people or voting for people that are killing people and don't care, like, you don't get to do that and then say, well, the replies to this are astounding. These are human beings and they deserve to have clean air. And You said they're all murderers like last week. <laughs> okay. Why shouldn't we hate them? These are people who are literally. Why shouldn't we be laughing at them? Like they know he's Hitler. They like that he's Hitler and they want Hitler to be back in power and, and that's what you told all your supporters and you're you're weirded out that they don't want them to get relief he's putin's puppet yeah you know involved so, with russia you can't have it both ways is what i'm saying and, and when we when when you other people and you create a group of people that are responsible for all of the problems in your life like you've been telling your followers that everything that was wrong in your followers' lives was a result of people like the ones who had the train derail in their backyard. And then you think that they just need to come out with compassion and help those people after you just told them that that lady died because of that person afterwards? Like, that's what you're feeding people all the time. Yeah. And so you got to take that, you got to take that kind of stuff more seriously. But maybe... This is the wake-up pill she needed to be like, oh, maybe it's my own rhetoric that is deriving my hate-filled followers in my cult-like fashion. Yeah. And it's the things that I'm saying. Maybe I should say what I actually believe, which is humanity first. She does, and she, she does okay on some things like this. She's not just uh, a Democrat Party member who toes the Democrat Party line or anything. She's... Uh, she's more on the democratic socialist or whatever you want to call it, collectivist uh, workers mm -hmm. versus the employers type thing, whatever the class struggle is. She's a class strugglist. <laughs> she's class struggling all the time. She's a classical strugglist. Yes, a classical struggler <laughs> is what's going on. And so she, she, she stays pretty principled. Yeah. Nina Turnerist. Exactly who she is well we're at an hour i'm glad we got to that it's serious it, everyone take it seriously and even us even us you know we 
are saying that Nina Turner is uh, the reason, or people like her, or people with her ideology, are the reason that more people are going to die this year than would have otherwise, and that we're not going to have advancements in the medical field or in technology and innovations, and that uh, we're going to have a less prosperous life. We're handcuffing the, the health and yes. human departments. But there's a big difference. The difference is that we're right. <laughs> so, And that's a good difference to have. Yeah. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and share the show. Mm. Hit that follow button, the little plus button, little tiny little plus button up in the right <laughs> upper right-hand corner of your iPhone. Yep. And for all you droid users whatever it looks like for you who knows yeah it looks who dumb it doesn't tell you that <laughs> yeah. do all those things do all of it um go to joingml.com. be part of the fed haters club and go to nacecrashcourse.com if you want to learn about the market and pick up some merch folks we launched a new merch store we need some of you guys to go visit it check it out get some of the new god hates feds merch promo code well i made another one today by the way um, you can use at the God hates at God hates You can use promo code EPS for 10% off EPPS if you want to. No reason at God hates Or you can use Waco, W A C O. And uh, that one ends April 19th uh, for your God hates Feds shirt. Or you want to get a, there's a mug that says Pro Insurrection since 1776. You can use promo code EPS on that if you want to. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. What a random code. That's a random code generator I used that just came up with that one. GodHatesFeds.com. Do all those things. Leave us a rating and review. And if you do that, we'll be back again potentially on Monday. We'll be back. Some point. We'll the show back. will go on. Mm. Okay. But till then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>